When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey everybody, welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your girl, Jessie Mae Peluso. This is a grief survival guide episode, part 22, how to travel with your grief. The last episode we did was the great grief relief, five ways to relieve your grieving. That was back on May 30th, if you want to check out that episode. Each of those Grief Survival Guide episodes stand alone as their own little helpful way of dealing with any kind of loss that you're experiencing. I also ask my listeners to send me their response to the question, where do we go when we die? You can email me at jessiemaypelusocomedy at gmail.com. Tell me your excuses. Tell me your excuse as to why you think where we go when we die. Tell me what you think where we go when we die. It can be something ridiculous. It can be something you were told as a kid. It can be what you really believe. And I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. This episode, I talk about traveling to Italy and I discuss the five gifts that I have experienced through experiencing and feeling grief. And those are at the end of the episode. And if you guys want to watch the full video, you can do that at my Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash Jessie Mae Peluso. But you know that. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you enjoy this week's episode, Grief Survival Guide episode, uh, part 22, How to Travel with Your Grief. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 beep. You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Peluso. It's a personal look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary. A deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's gonna get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. Talk about my dog sometimes. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's gonna be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're gonna get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. It's me. Hey everybody, welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. This is a grief survival guide episode. I don't even know what episode we're up to. It's in the 20s for sure. And it's been a minute since we have... 22? Yep, grief grief survival guide episode number 22. And it's been a minute. It's been a minute since we got together and actually talked about grief in one singular episode. There's been moments where I've discussed it through other episodes because it's a constant and there's this thing that I've read and I don't know that I necessarily agree with it that grieving grieving the 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 loss of a loved one happens over like a year's span meaning it takes you about a year to grieve someone and I think the whole purpose of these mini survival guide episodes is that that's not 
a number that is consistent for everybody. Certainly not consistent for me. I think maybe it's just an average for people. It's not necessarily a guideline as much as it is on average what people are experiencing out in the world. But I, I can't even imagine if you didn't like the person that you still wouldn't be grieving after some time, depending on the relationship. Even grieving the loss of an absent father that you never met would leave such a huge void in your life. So that was just something that came to my mind to kind of talk about is don't give yourself a timeline. Let, let your grief be your grief and let it be your experience. And I know that there's this new introduction into the world of psychology, prolonged grief disorder. Fuck that. I, I don't think we need to diagnose our grief. I think grief is something that is always and will forever be somewhat of a mystery. And I think that's the beauty of it. I think fully understanding grief and fully understanding our experience takes away from some of the magic of it. And I think there needs to be room for a little mystery, even in us getting over the loss of a loved one. Well, that goes down the road of a different type of uh, episode and a whole other episode we can do on grief. But today, this is about how to travel with grief because that's something that I just did. And I didn't even consider. Sometimes we're so busy, we don't even consider what we're doing in our own lives. And it happened to me when I got that call to do the Tony Robbins experience that I didn't even realize that that was the weekend of my mother's death anniversary until a very close friend of mine reminded me of that. And it was so shocking for me to think that I'm not even connected to my own grief in a way that I think that I should be because it's my experience. I, I, there's still some detachment that happens in the process of learning how to cope with loss. So the overall point of it is to give yourself a break to not be so hard on yourself when you're going through this, when you're going through experiencing loss. There's no right way. There's no timeline. And it's okay to feel fucking crazy. I have felt crazy these past few years. And this is the first time in my life. And I know I've experienced and expressed a lot of the emotions I'm feeling. But this is the first time in my life where I have felt a little bit of a weight lifted and have felt that I'm starting to get a little bit more of a grip on what I am experiencing and what I have experienced and what I've been through and just the the heaviness and the weight I've been carrying there is that saying you don't know how heavy what you're carrying is until you put it down and you just don't realize how strong you are and it's great to be strong but it's also great to get a little relief and that's what these episodes are about. They're about how to get a little relief from your grief. And today's episode is discussing how to travel with your grief. We also answer a bunch of emails from back in the day. Some people have messaged uh, me from past few episodes we did where I was talking about what I experienced in Italy. And then I decided to go back and respond to some emails that had been lingering since my mother's death in 2020. And you guys got right back to me. And that was so beautiful and also a real testament to how every human being goes through this. And it's such a connecting experience that there's so much connection to be had through loss and connecting with complete strangers. So for that, I'm really grateful that you guys got back to me. Um, 
before the end of the episode, I'm going to tell you my, I think about six grief gifts, gifts that grief has given me, things that I've experienced and epiphanies I've had through the experience of grief and, and the gifts that I think the universe just bestowed on me from going through this loss. And I think we're all looking for a reason. We're all looking for why. And I don't know that we necessarily need the why, but if you keep your eyes open, you can experience some real beauty and actually realize you have so much to live for and and to experience a real feeling of gratitude. And so those are my grief gifts. We'll get to that before the end of the episode. And also, I've been asking you guys to send me an email and tell me what you think about where we go when we die. It can be maybe something you thought as a little kid. It can be something you were told, something you really believe, a true post uh, posthumous tenet, if you will. Where do we go when we die? Email me, jessiemaypelusocomedy at gmail.com. I'm going to read a couple of those as well. But before we get into this episode, uh, I went in and looked at some coffin reviews again because I couldn't help my fucking self. I couldn't help myself. I was like, you know, if we're going to talk about death, it always has to be funny. We got to go back to our trusted coffin connoisseurs, the trustedcaskets.com. <laughs> Something about trusted in the name makes me not trust it. I don't know why. It's just like a money back guarantee. Why do you need to give me my money back? And also, how do you get your money back on a casket? What do you exhume the body and get a new one? I don't understand how, how that process works. It seems like it disrupts the dead more than it's worth getting your coffin fixed for. But yeah, if, if your coffin comes with a money back guarantee and I don't know what the person doesn't stay dead. That that seems like a, a win win unless they come back as a dead ghost. Then that's scary. Would you want your loved one to come back as a scary ghost if that was the only way you could see them again? <laughs> That's a serious question. I, I'd have to say it's a hell no for me, dog. If the only way I could get my mom back is if she came back how she looks now. I, 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 Nancy, I love you, but God rest your soul forever. Please stay where you are. Please stay in that trusted casket. And you take your money back guarantee and you shove it where the sun don't shine, where Nancy should be forever. In her final resting place. Let's stop fucking with that, okay? I don't want any money back guarantee on my final resting place. We'll clip that, Deb. <laughs> okay. So I did a little Google before. We talked about coffin reviews, and maybe I'm dark. I'm definitely dark. That I like to do coffin reviews. But I was, I was do, doing a little scooch through the trusted caskets, and there's a mother casket. I don't know why that rubbed me the wrong way. And the fact that it's pink with a lilac tone, it feels, let me describe it to you. A mother casket, pink casket with lilac tone and pink interior. First of all, it sounds like something Barbie got buried in. Second of all, it's $1,300. Now, I don't know if that's a good price or a bad price. It seems like a lot. It seems like a lot when we used to just bury people in a, in a pine chest. And that probably is more expensive now for the cost of lumber and labor. You're probably looking at a couple grand. And I guess it's not as sanitary to just dump a body in the ground. Unless you're a part of the mafia. That's still the way we do it. I said we. I realize that. And I cannot confirm or deny that I'm a part of the mafia. 
Let's read a couple of these reviews. Mother Casket. Pink Casket with lilac tone and pink interior. Uh, casket. Let's do a casket description. Let's do the real description. The Mother Casket is a beautiful two-tone steel casket with a light pink lilac tone shaded with silver finish. This is one of the most popular and pretty caskets for the funeral. The casket is made from high-quality 20-gauge steel and has fully lined light pink bedding. The swing bar... Handle features golden hardware. This half-couch casket... Huh? Half-couch? Has a rubber gasket sealer and a locking mechanism. Why does a casket need a lock? It included a soft pillow and throw. Features adjustable bed for head and feet squared corners. This casket fits into the standard size burial vault. There's so much darkness in that. First of all, why does it need to lock? Is that maybe... That's probably for when they're transporting the person in the casket so that they don't come tumbling out like it's some sort of Johnny Knoxville candid camera TV show, which is a nightmare. And anytime I've seen a video where they're like, body falls out of casket, that wouldn't happen here at Trusted Caskets. They got the locking mechanism. So maybe you, you shouldn't buy a cheap casket. So that there's not some horrible show-and-tell pop-up show at the funeral. Maybe the whole point to spend money on someone's funeral is so that you don't further damage everyone else's life from having the body fall out of the cheap-ass casket that you and your brothers put together in the backyard. Not, e- not even out of pine, out of driftwood. Features of the casket. Two-tone light pink shaded silver finish. 20-gauge steel. Light pink creep crep interior. Crep? I don't know how to say that word. Matching pillow and throw. Full rubber gasket. Locking mechanism. Half couch. I love the fact that it's a half couch as a feature. In case she wants to have friends over. You know, to her death. Who doesn't want to have a friend on the couch of my coffin? Hey, sh- hey. Sheila, what are you doing Saturday? Nothing. Why? You want to come over on on my couch? In my coffin. And by the way, I'm going to lock the door so you're going to be in there forever with me. Would you like to have your final resting spot also with me? The weight is 200 pounds. And it's gorgeous. Let's read some of these reviews. Let's read some of the casket freaking reviews. We've got eight reviews here. Hold on. Let me get this other page. Reviews. I loved it so much. I tried it out before my grandma got to have it. Huh? (laughs) What? I don't know what's worse. I know what's worse. Trying someone else's wedding ring on? Or trying someone's casket on? I'm going with option B, Alex. I loved it so much, I tried it out before my grandma got to have it, and honestly, I'm jealous. So pretty and comfy. Perfect for Gertie. Such a beautiful soul. (laughs) These can't be real. (laughs) Not Gertie. Oh, God. Beautiful my mother would have been, please. (laughs) Quality 
and bargain prices. I was honestly very skeptical, but they were helpful on the phone. So we had a casket for mom and it was better than what we would have purchased locally. Mom was always seeking quality and bargain prices. She would have been proud. I don't know that your mom would be proud of the final resting place you put her in. I don't think anyone's mom would be proud of that. I think they'd all be kind of annoyed. I know my mom would find something wrong with it. She'd find one little manufacturing glitch that everyone overlooked. Nancy had a knack for flaws. She could find your flaw. You didn't even know you had one? Well, welcome on over to Nancy's Flaw Warehouse, where we've got an overstock of your flaws. You didn't even know that you were housing. I was so pleased. It was simple but beautiful. I ordered this casket for my mother who had cancer and she passed away a few days after ordering. I'm so thankful to the trusted casket team who worked for two days to make sure the casket was delivered in time for my mother's funeral. I would recommend this product to anyone every time while this lady wants everyone to die. Excellent quality, delivered on time, saved my mom thousands of dollars. I will definitely recommend to anyone in need of a good quality casket fast. See, I'm not, I don't know if I trust the whole fast part of this. Has anyone ever ripped the interior open to see if they're smuggling drugs into the, into the dirt? My mother, uh, a mother casket for my mom. What happens if you buy it for your dad? Is this a gender, gender equal casket? I purchased my mother casket for my mom. It was delivered when promised and it was very beautiful. I would not hesitate to refer a friend. You know, I've heard about, like, my girls are like, hey, you got to check out this new top on Sheen. If my girlfriend was like, girl, you got to check out this new casket on trustedcaskets.com. <laughs> I'd be like, huh? Where are you sending me? I sent you sneakers from Amazon and you're sending me a mother casket? Ouch. Ouch. Mark that, Deb. That might be something fun. Tim was very kind and patient. Remember, guys, we got here because I think Bob was the asshole, allegedly. But this guy says, Tim was very kind and patient. I ordered a casket for my mom about six weeks before she passed away. That seems a little sketchy. What'd you put in the soup? No, she probably was sick. When I called to have it sent to the mortuary, they told me it would arrive the following afternoon. It was delivered to the mortuary by 7 a.m. the next morning. The casket is simply stunning. All of my family was extremely happy with my choice. Look at this martyr. Tim was very kind and patient when I called him. The only suggestion I gave him was that they needed to add their phone number and website address to their invoices. Well, why don't you why don't you apply if you don't like the process? Okay, Mr. Bull. Let's read, read one more. The casket was beautiful. Casket was boxed very well, no damage. The casket inside and out was beautiful. Just what I wanted from my mother, which I couldn't afford at the funeral home. She would have been proud of me since she was a bargain hunter. Overall, this was an easy order and delivery. Look, if you guys are looking for a bargain, search no further. Go to Trusted Casket and toss your mom in the mother casket today. Doesn't even matter if she's alive. Toss her in there. If your mom loves a bargain, she won't mind being buried alive. <laughs> they should hire me for commercials. <laughs> I read a little bit about the Italian grieving um, traditions and having had such an experience in Italy and realizing that I still was grieving and had let so much of my grief go, I was inspired. And I had known about this little thing that they used to do back in the day, but really rich and well-off Italian families, when someone died in their family, they would hire whalers. 
They would hire people to come and cry at the funeral to make the funeral more dramatic. I don't know. I didn't realize that we're going for the the emotional gold here. I don't know. Like, are you a better Italian family if somebody cried more at your funeral? Like, hey, you can't go to, you got to go to Genovese. Yeah, they cry all day. Did you hear how much they cried? They're crying and wailing all day. I, it's hilarious to me, just to, the idea of some woman wailing who never met the person who died. Basically a hired actor. This is what we're all going to have to do if the strike continues. I'm going to have to get hired to cry at somebody's funeral in Italy. Don't think I won't go. Don't think I won't go. I will show up in black. <laughs> I will cry my Sicilian eyes out for a check. And I will take a lunch break. I will be like, Antonio! Antonio! Oh, that's my lunch, guys. I'll be back. I'll be back in 20 minutes. Carry on with the death. Yeah, this is what's going to happen. If this stupid strike continues, I'm going to be playing funerals all across the Amalfi Coast. Shoot me an email. Check out my check out my resume. <laughs> I also found out that Italians, especially in Naples, because of Mount Vesuvius and impending doom on their back all the time, have this really beautiful way of embracing death because death is kind of always kind of looming over them, literally, because of the volcano. And so much like in Mexico, they have Aldea de los Muertos, there's giorno dei morti which is day of the dead in naples and it's all over parts of southern italy and they kind of have traditional catholic and uh, some of them christian ways of dealing with a funeral but there's something interesting about in naples after a body's buried for five years five years later the family will, will return to the basement where they were buried where their loved ones was buried and they have an identification and the undertaker, um, I guess they call them death squishers. They're called schiato morto known as death squishers. They'll clean up the body. They wrap it in this white fabric, kind of like a mummification thing. And they take the body and they put it in a family tomb. So basically five years after the burial of a loved one, they kind of exhume the body clean it all up like it's going to go out, wrap it in a mummification process, and then stick it in a tomb with all the other dead people. And then all the family members go in there and they kind of hang out and talk to them. So there's that. Uh, I don't think I need to watch horror movies anymore. This sounds interesting. And this is something that people, not that you can go and go to other people's family tombs, which I, I bet if you asked kindly and if somebody was alone mourning a loved one that you could actually go into these family tombs there are like orphan type people who will go and actually mourn in in graveyards for people just in general they'll do that people will go and and you know go for a day of the dead in mexico and they'll go for giorno de morti here in, in naples and just to be a part of it even though their loved ones aren't necessarily there which is so interesting to me i i think it would be interesting to sit in a tomb and just see what it feels like and see what 
the Italian people say? Like, what are they saying to their dead loved ones? You know, what, what does a different culture say to someone they've loved that's been gone? It, it, to me, that's very, very interesting. And, and I wonder if, you know, maybe we're a little bit, I don't know, maybe we're too traditional over here. Maybe our traditions are just boring for me. Maybe the fact that I actually didn't have a funeral for my mom is one of the reasons why I was interested in this article. Um, because there is a conversation to be had with someone when they die. There is something to be said and so much to be said, especially for people who have loved ones who died and they feel like there are literally so many conversations they didn't get to have with them. There's something really healing about that. And I do it all the time. I don't need to travel. I don't need to get on a flight, go to Naples for, you know, Giorno de Morti and go to some family tomb and look at these people wrapped up and be like, hey, anybody want some spaghetti? I talk to my mom all the time and I feel more connected to her now. I feel more connected to her now than I ever have. And I think because of my experience in Italy, that unwrapping me from being so tightly wrapped around the grief. And it takes certain instances like that to get you to unwrap yourself a little bit. I I feel like I didn't even realize how engulfed I was and grieving and how it permeated every aspect of my life and how it, it, it it filtrated into everything. And I wasn't even aware of it. And I think maybe that's why I saw her in Italy where she knew I needed to see her or maybe a part of my subconscious knew I needed it, whatever it was, whatever your viewpoint is, that's for you. For me, I choose to believe that it was her a part of her knew I needed to see her to let go of her more. And having conversations with dead ones, dead loved ones, is a way to do that. And I think if anybody is going to travel, you should check this out because I know um, Dia de los Muertos is so well known. I actually didn't know that this is more of a Catholic holiday. It's not just a a Mexican celebrated holiday that this is a Catholic holiday on November 2nd and it's celebrated by a lot of European countries and people who are practicing Catholics. And so I recommend traveling for your grief. I recommend doing something different. I remember reading ways to get over the loss of a loved one, which when I think back to a lot of these episodes, I think a lot of my advice was in that direction and it's not about getting over them. It's the wrong language. It's about remembering them and it's about experiencing whatever you need to experience in that moment. You don't need to be taken out of whatever your emotion is. I feel like we do that so often. We try to get these devices and these supplements and all these tricks to take us away from what we're experiencing when in reality, whatever you're experiencing needs to be felt. So feel it. And if you need to talk to your loved one, hey, if you have Italian roots, get on a flight, go check out. Giorno de, de Morti, if you're Spanish or have Latin roots, go to Dia de los Muertos. Even if you don't have any connection at all, just something new, I read, is a great way to get over the loss of a loved one. Changing your traditions specifically was something that I read that was a good way to cope with the loss. And 
this trip to Italy was a change for me because normally I like to plan everything. I am a planner. I enjoy details and I let some, my family and other people take care of that for me. And so I think because of that, I was able to experience it in a different way. I was removed from it and was able to be present for the moment when I actually saw my mom. If you're listening and don't know what I'm talking about, I'll do a quick um, review of what I'm talking about at the end of the episode. But I just think that if you need to talk to your loved ones that have gone, that that's totally normal. And I think that if you need a little help, a little nudging, get on a flight and go experience a bunch of people doing that. And a bunch of people who are curious about it. Because there's nothing weird about it. I don't think there's anything weird about just having a conversation with yourself. Obviously, when you walk out in the street and you live in a busy city and you see a person walking, talking to themselves, you automatically think meth. For me, it's like, no, it's mom. If you see me walking in the street and I'm talking, having a full-on conversation with myself... I'm either figuring out how I'm going to return the sweater that I bought from Marshall's two years ago and what I'm going to say to the cash register, uh, the person working the cash register, or I'm having a conversation with my mom or dad who have, who have died. But I do want to get into these emails because when I was doing a little bit of research for this episode and figuring out what I wanted to talk with you guys about, I went back and, and got a bunch of messages that I missed and you guys responded right away which was so amazing but also you know I will say a couple messages came in about what I spoke about with my mom so I'll tell you real quick what what I what I'm referring to I was in Italy and sitting on my balcony I'm sure if you've listened to this podcast this is the third time I've spoken about it I will speak about it for the rest of my life because it's still so magical on the balcony in the morning I was enjoying my coffee and reading this book, One Italian Summer, and um, thinking, literally had a pure thought to myself that I would love to see my mom. And I looked, put the book down, and I looked down on the street, and a woman passing underneath my hotel was her. It was her. And I was so convinced that I was looking at my mom that nothing else, everything else in the world melted away. I forgot I was in Italy. I forgot I was in a balcony. I forgot who I was. I just was so tuned into this experience to this, I want to say this woman, but to my mom. And it was, it was so, it wasn't even confusing. I, I didn't try, for the first time, I wasn't trying to figure something out. I just experienced it. For the first time in my life, I wasn't trying to fix something. I wasn't trying to figure out how I can make something better. I wasn't trying to solve a problem. I wasn't trying to understand anything. I just was purely experiencing a moment. And this was one of the most unexplainable moments of my life. (laughs) And I'm not even worried if I'll ever have another moment like this again. Because of how powerful this experience was. She walked like her. I could tell, even though I was further away, that she had skin like her. I could tell that she had a collarbone like her, a jawline like her. I could tell that her skin sagged in just the part that my mother's skin sagged. And I could tell her hair caught the wind the same way my mother's hair caught the wind. And the dress, my mother had that dress. And the purse, my mother had that purse. And the way the sun 
fell on her face. It, it was so unexplained and so magical. And it was everything I needed and nothing I could have ever expected. And it's something I'm not meant to understand. It just was something I was meant to experience. And what I learned from that is that she's always here. So I don't need to hold on to her so tight. And I think that's a, a reminder for all of us when people die. They're just a thought away. And I know that's probably easier said than experienced. I know it sounds like something just easy to say. But it's more of a realization than it is anything else. And you'll come to it or you won't in your own time. I'm not saying my experience, my experience of grief is the way you should grieve. I only want to relay and tell you what I have been through. And I know I've gripped the passing of my mother and father so tightly. And I only know that because I'm on the other side of it a little bit now. And I could see how, how hard I was holding on to them. And I think she showed up and I saw her so that I could let go of her a little bit to realize I don't need to hold on so tight. She's just right fucking there. She's just around the corner. She's just down the street. She's just a thought away. And when you are away from someone you love who's even alive, isn't that the same? I know it's the same for me and my sister. She's not here. I miss her all the time. She's just a thought away. She's just right around the corner. She's even a phone call away. Because you can still have conversations with your loved one. You just have to get a little fucking creative. That's it. We don't have to be prisoners to the way things have always been done. And to the way your sister grieves. Or the way your parents grieved. Or to the way Italians in ancient Rome grieved. We don't even have to follow the way they did it in the Roman Empire. Even though it is kind of cool to have a tradition like that. Five years later, we dig up dad, we wrap him in a blanket and go talk to him in a tomb. Hell yeah, who's got the joint? Let's go hotbox dad's tomb on Friday. Maybe you don't even need to hotbox it. But the one you love is just a thought away. And so I think that's why I had that experience. And, and it allowed me to let go a little bit more. So I got a couple messages from you guys after telling you about that experience. This one uh, girl, Laura, says, Hey, Jesse May, welcome back from vacation. I missed hearing your voice. I enjoy listening to Sharp Tongue every week. I had to shoot a quick email about you seeing your mama. Long story short, I'm a server and was working one night years ago. I had a family of four halfway through dinner. Another table sat down a few feet away from them. When I circled back to the family to check in, I could tell something was changed with the woman at the table. She looked like she had seen a ghost. She finished her meal, and at the end she said to me, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but I want to take care of that gentleman's check, the stranger sitting in the different table. She told me she lost her father a few years ago and didn't know how to explain it, but could see and feel her father through that man. She said pretty much the same thing you said about you did, is that the demeanor, the look, and everything truly felt like her father. It gave me chills. It gives me chills to type it again. She just asked me to not tell him the check was taken care of or explain why until after she left. She felt like she had to do something. I've never seen those people again and will never forget it. Anyways, I thought you might want to hear about a similar experience. You truly can feel lost loved ones in unexpected ways. They're always with you. I thought that was a beautiful way to say that. You can truly feel 
loved ones in unexplained ways, in unexpected ways. And I think if you keep yourself a little bit open to that while you're going through this grieving process, and I know you're just caught the fuck in it you're you're like why 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 and you're angry and you're in the roller coaster of emotions but if you can hang on to the fact that there's still some magic to experience it may not be on your timeline but i fucking promise you that some magic is going to show up i promise you and it may not be the way you want it it may not be the way you expect it when is life ever the way we want or the way we expect? I know for me, never. I know I'll ask the universe something and it gives it to me in a totally different way. So I think the answer for me is to stop asking for so, so much and just to start letting things happen. So thank you, Laura. Thank you for sending that. There's another message that I got that I saved here. Um, let me see. Here we go. This is a response to where do we go when we die? And I saved a bunch of these and I knew that they would have relevance um, in, in a different conversation. But then this showed up and I thought, oh, okay, this is where I'll put this one. Where do we go when we die? Hey, Jesse, you don't know me. I just listened to your podcast interview with Rogan and I wanted to say how sorry I am to hear you lost both of your parents in such a short period of time. Pretty devastating. My dad died of cancer when I was about 30. I'm 45 now and thought I would just send you a few thoughts. Losing the people who make us love us, brighten our whole world has a lasting impact that we'll never really get over. We're just forced to come to terms with losing them. It leaves an indelible mark on our lives, the shadow of who they were and, and what they might have been. It's not just a mark of sadness, but also reflects in how much we truly love them. I didn't know before my dad died what people ha who have lost someone feel most isn't sadness, but longing. That's true. There is this longing that you have, that desire to just see them one more time, one more hug, one more smile. We have to find that in thoughts, memories, and dreams that let us keep those people alive in our minds even for just a little while longer. One thing that helped me deal with grief, other than therapy and the passing of time, was helping others. Nothing felt quite so good as lending a hand to someone truly in need. I don't know why, but there's a magic in it. If there's a silver lining, it's that losing people touches us and teaches us how to endure. Keep your chin up, kiddo. You're not alone. Discipline yourself to survive and thrive. The world will turn, and in time, you'll feel the warmth of the sun once again. Uh, thanks, Brandon. Well, that's just a beautifully written. And there is something about losing someone that really gives you this resilience and, and this empathy. But we're going to get to that before the end of the episode, the gifts that I feel like grief has given me. Um, so we've got a couple more messages here. Hey, Jesse May and Deb thought-provoking podcast as ever the question you ask about where do we go when we die well it would be nice to think that life force which burns inside all of us simply transcends our to our loved ones while they continue to breathe and explore this planet that's pretty freaking cool jesse may would you ever consider being put in a cryogenic state when you pass <laughs> to be reborn in a future time when science can give you another chance to live a second life and hopefully humankind has learned to love and not hate each other by the way what did dash will put in his mouth that would have made him choke and what the fuck is a rebirth party anyway? This person's amazing. <laughs> oh my God. I didn't read this one before. Would I be put in a cryogenic state? I think of that movie Forever Young with Mel Gibson. That's basically what he did. And he wakes up and I don't want to tell you because 
you should watch it. It's actually a little bit of a classic. And it, maybe I'm, I shouldn't be promoting Mel Gibson movies because he's an anti-Semite. But still, that was a movie that impacted me as a kid. And now as an adult, I don't know that I would do that. I don't know that I want to be in a cryogenic state. Everyone I love dies, even though it's like six people and three are dogs. But still, that's my world. And then what? I just walk around and basically can't use the iPhone 25? No, thanks. Beds are some new technology. Everyone sleeps standing up and cars are flying. So now I get worse sleep and assholes are now flying in their cars? No, thanks. I think I'm good. I don't need to be propelled into the future as an ice cube. <laughs> Clip that. <laughs> Another person sends us a message. Hey, Jesse May, I'm just wrapping up your latest potty and bawling my eyes out over your story about your mom. My mom and I are close like you and Nance, and I felt resonance with your connection with your mama throughout my listening. I wanted to relay a reply in sharing that misty feeling of seeing your loved one. It's them. You know it's their energy. That's so beautiful that happened to me on multiple occasions. As I age, I find I stumble upon chances to re-meet people who moved on from my life in new capacities and ideally in improved versions. That's interesting. I often meet people who resemble those from my past in their looks, essence, and energies and get to reestablish relationships with those next iterations of them and, oh, myself as well. It's a fascinating treat of the circle of life, getting to keep those souls around you. Letting someone move on to the next thing after this funny life allows us to carry on in their work and keep them with us in a more ethereal format, but one that's nonetheless strong. Anyways, mad love for you and all you give to the universe. I hope it, I hope it gives back to you. Keep shining, Lex. You guys are absolutely magical freaking creatures. And, and some of you are really waxing poetically here. Come on. Having these people who you meet and then they show up in new capacities. I've experienced that where you move on from friends or people and then even ones who've passed away and then you meet somebody and they have that thing where you're like, you remind me of this person. Have the energy of somebody who I used to know. So maybe that is a way of us keeping those souls around. I think that's really profound and interesting. And it's also kind of nice. The assholes don't keep showing up, you know? Well, they do, but not as much anymore. It's kind of great. Um, welcome back from vacation. Oh, no, we already read this one. My bad. Let's see. We have... Um, uh, you cheese it, friend. Oh, this one is from... I think this is from the guy... What was that guy's name? Who the cheese it voice? Michael. Oh. Oh. I can't think of his name. But this is this this message says it's your cheese it friend who is Gen X. So I one hundred percent feel how you spent your Mother's Day at the Marshalls. If anyone saw that, I was at Marshalls on Mother's Day doing what Nance would have wanted. It was a perfect fit. How better to channel your mom? Your mom is lucky that you preserved your memories in your favorite haunt together. Very bittersweet. I'm a single mom of three girls. Oh, so this is um uh, her and I were talking about Cheez-Its. Got it. I know who this is. I'm a single mom of three girls, ages 23, 6, and 16. They all hate me right now in their own individual ways, but they'll come back. They know who the rock is no matter what. I was blessed with three girls for the hell I gave my own mother. I always thought that too, that I would end up having girls. And now I have dogs. I have a stack of Marshall's gift cards because my youngest her aunt was a manager there i have no self-control at that store tj maxx i have restricted myself to go quarterly because i cannot escape with less than a 400 dollars bill girl I, f I feel you i feel you the struggle the marshall struggle is real 
Um, she goes on to say a bunch more stuff, but thank you so much for your message. She says, um, at Giant, our main grocery store, I thought about you. Two, two huge flats of, you guessed it, Cheez-Its. The world is a dumpster fire. XOXOMK. Thank you so much for your message. Uh, there's a, a bunch more. Thank you guys for your emails. I appreciate it so much. Um, I want to get to our grief gifts before we're done. Where are we at, Deb? Are we almost at 40? Okay, we're at 40 now. Uh, so in the beginning of this episode, I talked about my grief gifts, things that I have experienced from grief, things that I feel are the silver linings or things that I experienced and learned from going through two major losses in my life. And I talked about it a little bit briefly earlier, having more empathy for others. I think because I lost hold for hold for um, propeller plane because I lost both my mom and dad it has opened my heart up to the fact that whoever I'm dealing with may be going through some struggle because I know what I was like while I was going through that. I know how I was feeling while I was struggling. I know what the struggle looks like for me. It can look a lot different for other people. You know, stress doesn't always show up in a very apparent way. Stress can be masked by makeup. It can be masked by a nap. It can be very difficult to discern on someone's face and sadness a little bit harder to hide, but still people are able to hide it. That being said, just having a little bit of empathy, which can be so hard in LA because everyone's so friggin' selfish. <sighs> just be empathetic. Be empathetic to the pathetic. It's a way to preserve yourself. And it's also a way to connect with someone in, in, in it's a healthier way to, be in the world just to have a little bit more empathy that's not to say that you need to be empathetic towards every single human being you pass but that is something that I have been able to experience more on a deeper level just for myself having empathy for myself because I've been so hard on myself just being like hey you've been through a battle for the f whatever 2018 to 2022 four or five years you've been through the battle of your life so having empathy for others, yes, but also having and finding empathy for yourself so that you can feel that and be able to share that with others. Also, a gift that I got from grieving, experience, experiencing a moment of pause. I put that on my Instagram and I spell it P-A-W-S and it's usually just a video of my dogs napping. But that in of, of itself is so rare. We always have our phone with us. We're always checking our phone or we're looking for an update or... or you know, billboards or ads and everything were just inundated with constant information and processing. Just a moment of freaking pause, just some peace. And being able to know when that's happening and to really feel it and experience it and experience that sort of nothingness, just being, literally feeling the breeze through the trees. I remember being a kid and just laying in the grass and looking up through the leaves and seeing the sky and the clouds move by and being able to be in that moment and not want or need for anything. And I think as adults, it's a little bit harder to travel to that place for ourselves. So finding a moment of pause, I'm so grateful that I can do that. And I appreciate it more now because I feel I have a little bit more of an understanding of how fragile everything is for myself. Also the releasing of old habits, friends, 
toxic ways of living. There's this amazing purging experience that happens when you're going through the grieving process. You purge so much. You get rid of the way you used to dress and the way you used to act and who you used to hang out with. It armors you with this new attitude of just not giving an F. I know I've said fuck like four times. I don't know why I censored myself there, but you're just armored with this new attitude of I don't care, but you do care just in a new way. And there's something really beautiful about releasing all these old habits, people and wardrobe that doesn't serve you anymore. And grief gives you this empowering feeling and it, it really sort of helps you prioritize your life, prioritize who you hang out with and how you hang out and where you hang out. And that has been a very big gift for me. It's helped me clean house. Losing someone has really helped me clean my own house and home out and get rid of all the cobwebs that have just been hanging around for too long. Also a gift is embracing change head on. Nothing changes your life more than the loss of a loved one, whether it's abrupt or a prolonged illness. Either way, nothing can prepare you for that. Not even a book, not even this fucking podcast. For your own experience of loss, nothing can prepare you for it. But it does allow you to experience and embrace change a little bit easier. You become more resilient you have a better understanding of yourself. Not that you understand how the world works. You just understand your place in that world a little bit better. You understand that, hey, I can handle what's coming at me. I've already lost the biggest pillars of my life. Speaking personally, I can handle losing a necklace in Greece. I can handle losing my favorite t-shirt. All these other small things, all these changes just kind of roll off your back a little bit easier so that's been another gift also this is similar to a moment of pause but having space and in creating more space for love whether that's self-love whether that's loving my friends whether that's experiencing love in an intimate way I have created more space for myself in that aspect and have allowed more room for love in my life in a new way. There is a relief to losing people. We've talked about it on this Grief Survival Guide uh, miniseries. I think there is a whole episode we talk about relief and, and grief. And we don't talk about that enough. But there really is this relief that happens when you let go. And I think that that relief creates space. And you get to choose what you put in that void. Some people put in toxic items. I have worked and actively worked and have made a concerted effort to create space for love for myself. And time, really the gifts from grief and experiencing grief are space and time. Having more time to do things I love, creating more time for the people I love and realizing that time is so valuable and so precious. And because of that, I spend it more wisely you know we always talk about how to invest yourself financially but for me it's all about how I invest myself in a timely matter where I'm investing myself and how I'm investing myself energy wise and 
if I invest myself in this moment, what is that going to mean beyond that? Who am I going to be beyond this moment? Because whatever I do now, it's going to affect the person I am on the other side of that. So I'm a little bit more mindful of my time and how I spend it and who I spend it with and where I spend it. And these are just a few things that I've learned. I'll, I'll include them in the show notes. I'll also include that coffin review. Thank you to Laura. Thank you to Brandon, um, Lex, MK, all you guys for sending in your emails. Um, Pat sent in a very long email. Also, I just want to read this one email real quick. Um, this one was a really special one that I got from a longtime fan. And I'll leave her name out. She asked me to leave her name out. I've been meaning to reach out to you for some time and I listen to your podcasts for years. And at this point, it's a means of comfort, guidance and escape. I find myself reaching out now as I just finished a book, Notes on Grief by Chiamanda Ngozi Adichie. The brief, uh, this brief but soul-dissecting and melancholy, relatable and powerfully written memoir of loss did not only poignantly connect me with my own current grief journey, but made me think of you and your navigation of grief, including its intersection, its intersectional pathways to self-destruction and self-awareness that you discuss so eloquently and yet authentically in your podcasts. I thought I'd include some notes from the book that I personally stood out to me that I thought you may relate to. Um, This news is like a vicious uprooting. I am yanked away from the world I have known since childhood, and I am resistant. It's very similar to what happens when, when someone dies, at least for me. It felt vicious, and you are yanked away. There's this untethered emotion And you're resistant to it because it's change and we're all resistant to change. So when someone you love dies, you're like, wait, what, what just happened? And who am I? Because I'm now I'm untethered from this person who's tethered me to my creation. And you're resistant to that because it doesn't make sense. Never has come to stay. Never feels so unfair, unfairly punitive for the rest of my life. I will live with my hands outstretched for things that are no longer there. And I think that's a choice to live with your hands outstretched for things that are no longer there. You can. And I do sometimes because that's what I need. I need to feel myself reaching for her, reaching for him for whatever reason in that moment. But other times I don't need that. I'll remember them. And instead of reaching for them, I'll just sit and accept whatever memory comes to my mind. Another note she reads, uh, wrote from this book, how quickly, how quickly my life has become another life, how pitiless this becoming is, and yet how slow I am to adapt. This book sounds amazing. I'm going to have to check it out. It's called Notes on Grief. I also want to introduce myself not only as a fan of your podcast, Comedy and Work, but as a fellow woman who's honestly considered you a dear friend in my head. Um, I was born and raised in San Francisco. I'm currently in Sonoma County as a school psychologist. And although I'm highly functioning and achieving, I struggle with major depression, specifically existential depression, prolonged, complicated grief, anxiety, dyslexia, ADHD, which a lot of people are diagnosed with. Her birthday is November 27th, a special day for us both. That's my mother's birthday. I hope you, you're somewhat understanding now of why I consider you an auditory, portable, close friend. Anyways, I wanted to say keep going. You're heard, seen, and much loved. I appreciate your soul as one of the reasons I continue to keep going myself. Thank you so much. Um, She says, I'll end it with one of my favorite quotes from The Sopranos, of course. Sometimes I go go about in pity for myself, and all the while, a great wind carries me across the sky. 
that's from Sopranos? Wow. Sometimes I go about in pity for myself, and all the while a great wind carries me across the sky. That's beautiful. Well, thank you to that unnamed person. I know who you are. And I responded to her message, and her birthday's November 27th. That's my mother's birthday, and I apparently had sent the message at 1127. Is it a coincidence? Look at it how you want. I know me seeing my mother in Italy was not a coincidence. It was what I needed to move on. It was what I needed to let go. And I think of this note that my mother had written that she kept on her mirror, that I had kept on my mirror for so long. And it was a quote from Henry Ellis. And he said, the art of living lies somewhere in between holding on and letting go. And I think that's for you to decide what to hold on to and what to let go of. And I hope this podcast helped you make that decision. I also wanted to read these inscriptions that my mother had written in this book. I have this book, Oh, the Places You'll Go, three of them, two of which my mother gave to me. And I don't remember if she realizes that she did that twice. And one from my really good friend, Tia, who I went to high school with and is one of my first best friends. And I thought this book was perfect for this episode because we're talking about traveling with grief. And this is a Dr. Seuss book about all the places you'll travel to, basically all the places you'll go. And my mother knew from a young age that I was not meant to be someone who sat put. I was a very energetic little spirit. And I think she knew that I was going to take flight from a young age. And so one of these books is a few days after September 11th, because my birthday is September 16th, the same year, September 11th. And then let's see what the other one is. This is 1996. So I think she forgot she gave me this book. So let's read the inscription of this. I recommend this book for anybody. It's a great graduate. It's a great graduation gift. <laughs> it's a great book for coming of age, you know, for any sort of change in life. It's a great gift for an adult. I don't, I hope this book hasn't been canceled. I don't think it, it's on the list of Dr. Seuss's canceled books, but that would really break my heart. Either way, my mom's dead. So I feel like I have a right to read this. Dear Jesse, I can't believe you're graduated from middle school already. You're a terrific daughter and very talented and caring and loving. <laughs> I'm reading this book to children at school, never without thinking of my own children. So I decided to give you your own, your very own copy to keep forever. My sweet daughter, all the places you'll go and will you succeed, you will indeed. 98 and three-fourths percent guaranteed. That's too much math for me. I will love you forever and ever, no matter what. I think there was a few times she told me to fuck off, but that's fine. She definitely left me inside of a a cart of clothes once at a Filene's basement. I'll never forget that scary experience. I probably was being a demon. She had a right to leave me there. You know those little, what do they call those, like rings of clothing, clothing racks? Yeah, she kept me there for a couple hours. I was scared. I didn't want to leave. I knew she left. I watched her walk away. I watched her feet go with the cart. I stood there. I, I was in the middle of the um, the little cart for a <laughs> clothing rack for an hour or so. It's fine. We got over it. Okay, let's see, re- see if I can get through another one of these. Whew. Happy 19th birthday, Jesse. So this is basically when I started stand-up. 
And this is when I left Syracuse. Um, she says, I can't believe you're 19 already. It's hard to read. Not, I mean, besides emotionally, but it's actually difficult to read. Seems like only yesterday that you were small enough for me to hold in my arms. You've grown into a beautiful, sensitive, caring, loving, intelligent, and funny woman. It's very th- difficult to think of you as a woman, but you are. It's also very difficult for me to write straight without any lines. <laughs> I hate not having you home. I worry about you and wonder if you're okay, if you're being safe and if you're feeling okay, et cetera, et cetera. I know you have to live your own life and experience different things. I just never thought about you leaving me. You are the child of my heart and soul. We are so very much alike. I miss your hugs and your kisses. I miss hearing you say goodbye. Mom, see you later. I love you. Whatever your near future holds, sweetie, you must return to college and get a four-year degree. (laughs) This bitch. Please. She's begging me to go to school. This bitch is writing me a love letter and I'm crying my eyes out. She's like, you need to get a real education. Because I told her I was going to do stand-up. And she's like, please, just go to school. (laughs) Please, if you only take my advice once, take it on this subject. (laughs) I know. Oh, my God. I also can't believe that you won't be here on your birthday. Guess I'll have to cancel the clown act. (laughs) She's funny. She's so funny. (laughs) Have a great birthday. Today is your day. Your mountain is waiting. So go get on your way. Oh, my love, mom. That was the beauty of her. She had this way of speaking so beautifully and then just gutting you with the truth. Well, I never made it to college, mom. I hope that you're still proud. And I still have so many places to go. And I know that. And seeing you allowed me to feel a little lighter. So I could travel a little lighter through life. Oh, Jesus. I was like, I don't know if I should read this book. Now I feel like all I did was make all of you cry. And I didn't mean to. But hey, this is the truth. But I hope you guys can travel a little lighter after this episode. I'm going to go and roll in DeVry online. <laughs> is the University of DeVry still a thing? Oh, great. Now I have to go back to school. Okay, guys. Bye. Thank you guys so much. And I look forward to another grief episode in the future. Here's to letting go. I should have become someone who, uh, just a car washer. Those people have to be happy. People just wash cars. We're going to start the episode in a second here. (laughs) We're going to start real soon.
No dogs. The Palo Santo went out. Yep, it's time. <laughs> Did you see that? All the like little embers from it just went floating in my mouth.